Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. White privilege is just an acknowledgement that our world is uneven. We live in a country that's unequal. All human beings share solidarity. All of us are made in God's image equally and therefore worthy of dignity. We're all ruined and rebellious against God and therefore calls us solidarity in sin. And we all need the same Savior. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. No matter how exceptional your day might be going, it's about to get better. This is Wretched Radio. Not to brag or nothing, because I use good grammarly. Not to brag or nothing. I'm just speaking truth to power here. So you have to accept what I'm about to say. No matter how good your day was yesterday, my day was better. How do I know? Because the Bible tells me so. A better is a day in the house of mourning than in the house of feasting. If I might paraphrase, and why can't I? Eugene Peterson did. It's better to go to a funeral than to go to a party. That is why my day was better than your day yesterday, because I went to a funeral and your day is about to get better today because I'm going to take you there. Because Solomon was right. There is so much that can be learned at a funeral if we take the time to think things through It is so good to go to a funeral and linger. I know we kind of make them lickety-split these days. But in the old days, Middle Eastern culture, days. That's why why people were still mourning days after Lazarus died. What were they doing there? He was already buried. He should be decomposing by now. But they were still mourning. Because maybe they knew what Solomon instructed. You learn stuff. You gain insight. You give yourself a report card. Let's go to the funeral of Dr. Lupriolo to see what we might learn about ourselves. As you know, Dr. Priolo, author of dozens of books, worldwide reach, impacting so many lives. So many people attended his funeral. It was extremely well done. He's a tremendous loss, and I have to confess, I'm still very sad about it. I liked Lou, liked being with him, liked studying him. That's right, I would study him. The way he spoke, the way he comported himself, how he responded to people when they said something kind of, he had a... He was dignified. That's the biblical word. Titus, be dignified. Young men, old men, women, be dignified. Be semnus. He was. And he was so well worth studying. And his funeral, I think, was a fine tribute to him. Because, well, first of all, it started with an appropriate prelude. I know some music is subjective when it comes to preference. I like Elvis way more than the Beatles. Uh, that's, some of that is subjective. It's a preference thing. But that's different than saying, I think Elvis's music is better than the Beatles. And you have to say, well, what's the standard? There is some objectivity in music. The Prelude, J.S. Bach. Beautiful. The congregation sang before the throne of God. It is so good to sing songs that are rich in theology. And by the way, that was written 
back in somewhere before 1923, getting close to being contemporary. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love. There's a word we should be using more. Whoever lives and pleads for me, my name is graven on his hands. My name is written on his heart. I know that while in heaven he stands, no tongue can bid me thence depart. Theologically rich, a great reminder of the gospel. That is, that is, that is so replete in the funeral that I attended yesterday for Dr. Lou Priolo. The gospel was front and center, and so was the word. They did a long reading from Psalm 119. I mean, a lot of more than we would customarily do in church. Why? Because the emphasis of Psalm 19, they also sang Psalm 19, is on one subject, the word, the word. I love your word. It is like honey, can't get enough. Love your statutes, delight in your precepts. That was Lou Priolo. As was rightly said of Charles Spurgeon speaking about, I was going to say Milton Vincent, <laughs> John Bunyan, close enough. If you cut him, he he bled bibline. He, he, he bled Bible. He was so saturated. It just came flying out. That, that was Lou Priolo. And the word was constantly leaned on. But then came the testimonials. And that's when I started to think, hmm, what would people say about me? And even though I'm perfectly fine being the center of attention in the entire universe, what about you? This is why it's better to go to a funeral than to a party. To do an assessment on self what will people say? What would my wife say? Because I sure hope I go before her. What would, what would my kids say? You know, I think I'm going to take that back. I think that I am going to reconsider what I've always thought. I want to die first because I don't want to be living without my wife. But that isn't very manly, is it? And, it, and it's not that I want her to die sooner. But if one of us has to be miserable, maybe she wouldn't be. But if one of us has to be miserable, I guess it's better that I'm the, the one who feels rotten all the time than her because I do anything so she doesn't feel pain or sadness. What would she say? What would my children say? There was one individual who gave a testimony about Lou Priolo that uttered a line just in passing that really stuck. And maybe it'll stick with you, too. Lou Priolo wanted to get this right. He wanted to get this right. Now, the this can be a lot of stuff. You want to get your Christian life right. Amen to that. But I think there's more. You want to get your marriage right. You want to get it right. So that people do eulogize you, speak well of you, so that you get your parenting right, that you get your sanctification right, that you get your time management right, that you get your finances right. Because there will be people who speak of you when you are gone. 
what will they say? Will they proclaim, you got it right? Now, here's where we can perhaps throw in the towel before even entering the ring. I've blown it too much. You're right. You have, as have I. And Jimmy, whoa, man, whoa, heck, it's not too late. You can get it right. You can start getting it right. You can start striving to be more like Jesus, studying him, keeping your eyes transfixed on him. You're going to become more like him so that when you are gone, people will indeed, oi lagos, lageo, you, they'll speak well of you. Because you got it right. I had to sit new inventory. Am I getting it right? What would Jimmy say about me? Don't say a word right now, Jimmy. Don't make me move, mute your <laughs> microphone. <laughs> I just opened that door awfully wide, didn't I? That's maybe a good question to ask. Before you react to your children, before you have a meeting where you scold somebody, am I getting this right? Will they speak well of me? Obviously, it's the God working in you, which, by the way, really clever little homily. Pretty brief. Paul, 2 Corinthians 3, that I, I have no need to commend myself to you because you are my commendation. In other words, I don't need to prove that I'm an apostle. Look at y'all. And that applies to us, too. Ask this question as a, as a soul searcher. Am I creating commendations? Am I investing in the lives of people to the point where if people took a look at them, they would say, hey, that commends you because of the investment that you made in them. Is there anybody at church you're investing in? Are you making any letters of commendation? Your children are the closest ones to you. You want them to grow up in such a way that people look at them and then proclaim their par parents were Christians. Getting it right. That's what I thought of at the funeral of Lou Priolo, a man who would tell you he didn't get everything right, but he tried and he strived and he based his life on the word. He based his life on Jesus Christ. It was spoken so many times. This was so good to hear because it, it would have been very simple for people to say, oh, he loved the word Bible. Oh, boy, he just quoted it all the time, which he did. But more than loving the word, I kept hearing he loved his Lord. He loved Jesus. He loved his Savior. He loved his God. May that all be said of us when it is time for people to hopefully speak well and answer the question, did I get it right? This is Wretched Radio. I would say the Tomorrow Clubs is a wonderful ministry. Kids are getting saved like crazy, not just in Eastern Europe, but also in Africa. And it's so efficient. I was just with Paul and Cindy Marty. And I asked, and I said, in, in American currency, how much does it cost to have a kid come to a Tomorrow Club four times a month? So every single week, what, what's the, what does it take to make that happen? Ready? A buck, $1. That's it. The kid comes, they get treats. 
they get materials that they learn the Bible, they memorize a buck because it's it's all volunteer driven. All those dear ones, they're volunteers. It's an amazing ministry. And if you have a heart for the lost in Eastern Europe, Africa, and you love supporting ministries that are super efficient and biblically sound, I would point you in the direction of tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, and ask how many children might I be able to support per month? Well, thanks to our amazing gospel partners around here, we have been able to accomplish some pretty amazing things in 2023. This past year, we were able to launch Season 2 of Transformed. We launched Wretched Worldview 2. And let's not forget Season 4 of Road Trip to Truth, plus hundreds of hours of Wretched TV and radio. Now, what's possible for 2024? Well, we are excited to tell you about something new that we'll be starting next year. Can't let the cat out of the bag just yet, but what we can tell you is we need your help in order to make it happen. That's why we want you to prayerfully consider becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner. And right now through the end of the year, when you do that, every donation you give will be matched dollar for dollar. So join us, become a gospel partner today, and together let's make 2024 even wretched-er. In a good way, of course. As you know, we like to talk about MediShare here because it's affordable biblical health sharing. And I actually saw an ad from MediShare announcing themselves to missionaries. How smart is that? What a blessing that might be. If you're not familiar with MediShare, it's an alternative to traditional health insurance, which means it's alternatively less expensive. The average family saves about $500 per month. It's Christians sharing the health burdens of other Christians. It's a beautiful thing. Whether you're a missionary or not, if in that is a need you have, I encourage you, metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a nice person who's going to pray for you. And they will tell you what your family can anticipate. And you can ask questions. 844-34-BIBLE. 844-34-BIBLE. Know your reformers. John Whitcliffe, called the Morning Star of the Reformation, was a professor at Oxford in the 1300s who preached against papal authority in matters of doctrine, politics, and church practice. After his death, his bones were dug up, burned, and spread over the river. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Forget what others think about you. What do you think of you? This is Wretched Radio. That was an earnest question. What do you think of you? You do, you know. I know I think about me way too much. What is my self-image? How do I evaluate myself? How do you determine you? How are you doing? What do people think about you? What is your opinion of yourself? This is a potentially, this is a bigger issue today than it ever has been. People are always inclined to think about selves. We, we want other people to see us a certain way, so we evaluate and we assess. But with the number of external images that we see of other people's image, that everything is perfect, it's very easy for us today to conclude, oh, 
I'm a total loser. I'm a big failure. I don't make enough money. I'm not pretty enough, smart enough, handsome enough, funny enough. Fill in the blank because the world keeps telling me the standard by which I should measure myself. We need to break that law. Now, I don't mean violate the precept. I'm saying we need to break the laws of the world, shatter them, be done with them. Because if you listen to the world proclaim, this is what you should be like, you're going to be miserable. We need to know who we really are, not just our self-image, but what does the one who made us think of us? If we don't get that right, you're going you're gonna to bear a lot of rotten fruit. You're, you're going to struggle. You're, you're going to be bitter. You might even become angry at God. Why didn't you make me like this? Why didn't you give me that? We need to stop listening to the world and what it has to say about what we should be like and listen to the Lord. And that brings us to <sighs> Lou Priolo, who was buried yesterday was in our studio, feels like yesterday, <laughs> so vibrant, so alive, and so helpful. And we talked about the subject that is a big issue potentially for you, and that subject is self-image. Dr. Priolo, define self-image issues. Self-image is basically the conclusion you come to when you evaluate yourself. So we all evaluate ourselves on a regular basis. How am I doing in this area? How am I doing in that area? And basically, self-image is cognition. A lot of people think there's a part of your soul called your self-image. There's some organ in there called your self-image. Right. It can be squashed and it can be flattened and it can be inflated and deflated. That's not really an accurate way to look at it. Self-image is cognition. It's a part of your thought process. It's the conclusion that we all come to as we evaluate ourselves, which we all do on a regular basis. It's not an organ of your soul that can be directly pumped right, up. Before or you deflated. get to your definition of self-image, further unpacking this, cognition. It's a reminder that Christianity is a thinking faith and that so many of our issues, they actually can be addressed as our minds are renewed by the word of God. So that means there's hope. If I'm perpetually down on myself, there's some power available to me. Sometimes our problem is that we don't think, you know, we, <laughs> we just we, let the feelings fly. So we, 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 we can talk to ourselves at the rate of, I don't know, say a thousand words a minute. And we can can just listen to ourselves over and over again, tell ourselves things that are not true and honest and just and pure, rather than saying, well, wait a minute, Lou, you're a Christian. That's not the way you should be thinking. This is how you should be thinking. We really have to learn, in a sense, how to talk to ourselves rather than listen to ourselves. And that's probably true of virtually all, all people like counselors. It's true of me. I mean, you, you know, I've got <laughs> the counselor. Yeah, I mean, I, I often I've got to say, I, I say, Lord, I don't know how to, how, I don't know how to interpret this. This is a problem. I don't. I've never faced it exactly the same way. How do you want me to think? Or I know I'm not thinking biblically. Sometimes I go to Kim. I'll go to my wife and I'll say, Honey, help me figure this out. You're the counselor. I, I can't figure it out. Help me out here. You know, <laughs> here's what I'm thinking. Like, help me figure out what's what's biblical or unbiblical about that. But yeah, we have to learn how to speak the truth. In Psalm 15, it says, the person who will never be shaken speaks the truth in his heart. Paul says we can be totally transformed 
by the renewing of our mind. So yes, we of all people ought to be the best thinkers in the world because if we understand progressive sanctification, a lot of that is knowing how to think as Christ thinks. Let me apply that because I think I'm immediately fixed. Here we go. Hello, my name is Todd. I'm an amazing talk show host. My posture is perfect and everybody loves me. Did I get this right? No, you did not. I just went to the other side of the self-image okay, coin. So Philippians 4, 8 says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true. I thought that was true. Honest, just, and pure. Think on these things. Now, the word true, Alethea there, is not just true as held over against false. It's true as in that which conforms to reality versus false as that which is a fantasy. And so we have to have an accurate understanding, right? I say through the grace that is given to me to every man who's among you, Todd, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has given every man the portion of faith. I mean, we have to have a sober-minded assessment of our strengths and our weaknesses. And so the goal in, in counseling is not a good self-image or a bad self-image. It's an accurate self-image. Self-image. It's not just trying to persuade myself I'm not where I think I'm deficient. It's not just repeating a mantra. It's not just self-esteem ideology. It is instead sober thinking about who I actually am. Now, here's where that gets tricky. That's the problem. Where I think I am is I'm a great big loser. So how am I supposed to change my thinking to have a correct assessment of myself if it's not saying I'm a total winner? Yeah, there are a number of ways to do that. One of them is looking at the evidence that you're using to convince yourself you're as much of a loser as you really are. Mm -hmm. Another part of that would be getting other people who know you. Okay, a part of this, no doubt, is having a correct assessment of what the way that God has made me, the gifts that he has or hasn't given to me, being content with those things. Mm -hmm. But isn't it also replacing my worries about my deficiencies with an understanding of the way that God sees me as opposed to the way I see myself? Yes, in some cases, that's exactly what it is, but it's it's a little more complicated, it's a little more layered than that. Some people, they need to remember their position in Christ. All right, so you can't hit a backhand very well. You're dearly loved in Christ. Okay, so you don't have the height that you wanted to have. God sees, he's designed you, he's knit you, he's made you exactly the way that he wants you, and that is best. So there is there there are some folks who need that sort of adjustment, right, correct? Right. All right, but you're saying that's not always the case. Right. So what would be the other case? What's typically the big issue for people struggling with self-image? In the booklet, I encourage the reader to identify his inferiority judgments, the things about which he evaluates himself to be inferior. And then I have him or her uh, break the, the list down into three categories. First category, inaccurate perception. Second category, accurate but not sinful. I'm not a good boxer. I'm not a good typist. And then third category, accurate and sinful. Yeah. Yeah. Schadenfreude. 
I hear that great content from Dr. Lou Priolo, and it's like, yes, that is so good and sad that he's no longer with us to continue contributing to biblical counseling. And in this in this instance, a subject, it is a whopper these days. Social media has us thinking about ourselves, our self-analysis, how we compare to everybody else. The Bible is a lot smarter than the world. There's an understatement for you. And Dr. Lou Priolo, helping us to understand as we observe ourselves, there are different different categories of self-perception. We're just wildly inaccurate. Or we're accurate about ourselves, but what we are doing isn't sinful. Finally, we can be accurate and sinning. That's a problem. But the world would tell you, if you look back on your life and, hey, you've made some mistakes and some boo-boos, just need to love yourself more and have a high self-esteem. That you esteem yourself as better than everybody else who's just as amazing as you are. I know that doesn't make sense, but the world doesn't. We want to go deeper. You might, you might have layers of misery shed from you if you would listen to these categories that the Bible defines that Lou Priolo has put into a booklet. He's written dozens of them. You can find them in our wretched store to help you potentially with your self-image. Because here's the good news. If, if you can break the laws of the world, apply God's standard, you will have a correct self-image. And it is way better than any image of self that the world could ever write. Would you like that? Next on Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, veteran actor Neil McDonough has made waves over the last week or so because he recently boldly stated that he lost multiple big movie roles for refusing scenes with other women where he would kiss them and whatnot. And you know what? I I can't say that I blame him. I mean, he's a Christian who stood firm in honoring his wife of 17 years. And he explained that his agents just couldn't believe that an actor would turn down jobs over steamy scenes with other women that aren't his wife. And yeah, I I can believe that his agents couldn't believe that because it takes a Christian to understand what a Christian means. And this is post-Christian Hollywood, folks. Morality? It's your blacklisted. And we go from a story about rare morality to immorality. Satanic Temple, I don't know if you've heard this or not, but it is absolutely disgusting. The Satanic Temple is now offering DIY home abortion ritual kits so women can summon demons to bless the killing of their babies. I wish I was making this up. I really do. No, I don't wish I was making this up because that would make my mind in a really weird place that I don't want it to be in. (sighs) The temple assures that their hexes and blood magic are not intended to replace traditional abortion procedures, however. Oh, well, what a relief. Sign of the times, folks. Even devil worshippers think they hold some kind of moral high ground. Meanwhile, in Texas, pro-abortion lawyers have argued for expanding exceptions to allow women to abort third-trimester preborn babies for vaguely defined health reasons. And I'm air-quoting health. 
Can't see that over the radio, though, but in their view, inconvenient pregnancy should qualify as a health condition requiring fetal execution. <sighs> you know, the lawyers who are arguing for these exceptions, I sure am glad their parents didn't find them to be inconvenient. And I honestly do mean that. Up in Canada, Google has bowed to pressure, agreeing to hand Justin Trudeau's media cronies $100 million under his draconian online censorship law. No better way to push state propaganda than forcing tech companies to fund outlets that act as the government's mouthpiece. Starting to smell a lot more like China in Canada these days. And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Names of God We learn a lot about God from the names given to Him in Scripture. The first name given to God is Elohim in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Elohim is a plural noun, but the verb created is singular. God is plural in personhood, but singular in being. The Creator God is the triune Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Hey, did you read the latest suicide statistics? Not good. This is Wretched Radio. 50,000 Americans take their own lives annually, mostly males and an increasing number of seniors. Whoa. You mean on both ends of the spectrum? We've got young people and old people that are so depressed, they think the best alternative is taking their own life? Yep. Hey, how's your worldview working out for you, progressive godless person? You you got the place. It's it's You're controlling. You're writing the morality rules now. How's the fruit of your worldview? The reality is it's rotten. We should expect this. When you live in a dimmed Christian world, you're going to see a lot of darkened minds and a lot of blue people. So sad. And it's not just young people, according to the statistics. Old people, too. Why? Well, there are, of course, a lot of reasons. Primarily, no God, no joy. Simple as that. No God, no purpose. No God, no meaning. No God, no hope. No God, no future. You would get bummed out, too. That's why Nietzsche was right. God is dead. Now what are we going to do? How are we going to muddle through this? What about morality? Who writes it? What's the point of doing anything if there isn't a God? And that is what we are seeing these days in these statistics. It's fruit of a deeper root. Sadness. It's a fruit. Depression, it's a root, it's a fruit rather. The root of it is, well, multifaceted, but I would say the trunk root is, is a lack of God. Now, for the believer, there are other issues because you believe in God. Now, you're, you're probably not believing rightly in that you aren't believing as much as you should and could because that is the connection that Jesus identified with being troubled. A lack of belief, not salvific faith, but a lack of belief. But there are other little roots, aren't there? Especially for the world, but even for those of us that are believers, social media, it is cruel. It is a, it's, look, yeah, we all use it. 
Yeah, it's a blessing. That caveat aside, the images that we see, why can't my life be that way? Why aren't I like that? Why don't I look like, how come my status is? And we can fall into a trap of measuring ourselves compared to a false standard, which brings us to Dr. Lou Priolo writing a book on self-image. He joined me in studio to talk about this subject. If you recall, Lou created biblically three categories of self-image. You say, could I have a reminder of what those were? Happy to provide that courtesy of Lou. Category one is inaccurate perception. You have a perception of yourself that just does not conform to reality. It's inaccurate. All right. Category two is accurate. You may not be as tall as you want to be, but it's accurate, but not sinful. But it is certainly not wrong for you to be this height or that height. And then third category would be accurate, but sinful. It's it's a, an inferiority that you have that you know as a Christian, you ought to be working on and that it's not right for you to remain inadequate in that area without making attempts by God's grace and the Spirit to be conformed to the image of Christ. So uh, all of that, thats it circles around this self-image idea, my perception of reality, my perception of truth, my perception of self. All right, let's start with category one. It is a perception. It is an estimation of myself that's just plain inaccurate. So I think, why can't I be taller, Doc? So now we know our category. What? Okay, so we would say that's probably for you, category one, inaccurate perception. And so you would have to challenge your thinking and do that by looking at the evidence. You know, we might measure how tall you are so that you can see you probably are above average height. Uh, we might talk to other people who would give you their take on your perception of yourself. We would basically get you to realize that the judgment you're making about yourself, this particular... It's inaccurate. Yes, but I got to change my mind about that okay. and believe the people who are counseling me, believe the actuary charts and go, okay, I'm freakishly tall. In the, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact shall be established. So yeah, you'd get the evidence of, maybe in this case, science. You get the evidence of people who would challenge your thinking. So you would try to change the way that you perceive yourself. All right. Category two would be a perception about something that isn't sinful, like my inability to play the piano. I just, mm, I would be so much more popular if I could just play the piano. Well, it might be true they'd be more popular, but does God call you to play the piano? Is it a sin for you not to be able to play the piano? Is it a sin for you to be as tall as you are? Is God displeased with that? Did God not prescribe the way that you were to look before you were born, Psalm 139? He did. And so in the case of an inaccurate perception, you have to change your perception. In the case of an, uh, uh, an accurate perception that's not sinful, you have to change your values, your beliefs. You have to learn to stop valuing piano playing or you know, not being more than 6'2" as something that is wrong, something that you should judge yourself and consequently feel badly about. It's changing your values. It's changing what you value because what you value is not, in this case, what God values. All right. Now, the third category regarding self-image is a perception that is sinful. Mm -hmm. 
So this would be a, a just something that I'm doing that I'm affirming or not doing or not doing. All right. So I uh, I'm uh, I'm yell at my kids all day every day. Is that something that God wants you to keep on doing? Mm, no, but you don't know my kids. I don't have to know your kids. I know what the Bible says. <laughs> you right. use that line about a thousand times, don't you? Yeah. Rebuke, <laughs> exhort, convict with great patience and careful instruction. Do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So tell me, my desire for something sinful or my persistence in something sinful, what does it have to do with self-image? Well, if you know that you are struggling in, in a biblical deficiency and you're not working on it, you, you're going to judge yourself to be inferior. You're going to know as a Christian, it's not right for you to remain inferior. In that. And yes, of course, God's grace covers that. And you, you can remind yourself that your sin has been forgiven. But you know, at some point, you're going to have to repent. You're going to have to begin to work on it. You're a failure only as long as you do nothing about the problem. The moment you take the first step to fix the problem, to learn how to be patient, like to memorize Second Timothy four two or whatever it is, you know, to get some accountability, any number of biblical options you have to deal with the problem. Even though you're not a success yet, even though you wouldn't consider yourself like I'm uber patient now, right? Uh, I, I have a soft answer instead of a sharp answer, then you'll, you'll know that you're working on it. Your conscience will be um, affected by it and you will not judge yourself to be quite as inferior because you know that you are, by God's grace, working on the problem. You are repenting of the problem. You can tell yourself all day long, I'm a child of the king. You can memorize all the verses on justification that you want to, but as far as the category three issues are concerned, if if you're not working on them, if you're not you know trying to um, be conformed to the image of Christ in that area, it's the the the, the just the positional truth is not going to totally solve the problem. In other words, your sanctification, it is synergistic. You don't let go, you don't let God. Do you think about him? Yep. But that's but that's you being obedient, staring at Jesus with unveiled face. You read your Bible, you go to church, you pray, take Lord's Supper, etc. That will grow you, but you also need to strive work out your salvation with fear and trembling, and get on it. If there's sin in your life, it could be a source of your self-image issue. The booklet, like everything Lou wrote, so helpful. I commend it to you, encourage you to check out all of Lou's stuff. You can do that at wretched.org. You will benefit much from this man that we lost, wow, last week. Was that his funeral yesterday? It was It was a magnificent testimony of Jesus. That's what it was. Because it's clear that it was the Lord working through this man. If you would like to deal with issues like self-image, bitterness, how to be a better husband, Lou Priolo, he's the man. If he can't help you, nobody can. Yes. Yes. That could... That could have been a tribute song. That's but actually it wouldn't have been welcomed at his service because pretty lofty music. Oh, you know what song they sang at Lou's funeral? Hallelujah, all I have is Christ. Hallelujah, Jesus is my life. 
It's so good to sing songs that actually preach the gospel and remind you what Jesus did by dying for to say a sinner is the understatement of the century. This is Wretched Radio. I believe in a culture of life. One of the most impactful moments of my life was when I heard the heartbeat of my oldest daughter uh, in my wife's womb and then saw the sonograms of all three of my kids. The sonogram or the, the pictures that are taken of babies, still a profoundly helpful tool, which encourages me to encourage you to consider supporting Preborn Ministries. Preborn Ministries and their network clinics, they are giving away free ultrasounds to women, but they do cost something. It's $28 an ultrasound. And just as you heard Governor DeSantis say, his view of life was profoundly changed when he saw the baby in the womb. When you see the form and the shape and the fingers and the heartbeat, would you please consider supporting Preborn? It's a great ministry of life. It has a high anthropology, shares the gospel with women and with the dads. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. We know that many of you have stood with us in the past, but we also know that it was more than just a one-time gesture. It was a step, a connection, a moment where your faith and your trust in us meant something. You handed us a torch. Now, just think about it. Imagine if you could stand firm with us as an ongoing monthly gospel partner. We're talking about taking the torch that we started and adding fuel to it, illuminating the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to even more souls. We're asking if you could join us, not just for a moment, but for a mission. It's more than a financial commitment, and we hope that you realize that. It is a partnership, a gospel partnership, and the one and only thing in this world that matters at the end of time. Everything else burns away, but what we do with the gospel stands for eternity. The details, well, you can find them right now at wretched.org slash donate. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. If you are one of the people who supported our joint effort with the Masters Academy International to get Bibles into the hands of people, you're going to hear a thank you letter from May that perhaps will encourage you that what you did was a very good and lasting thing. I'm one of the recipients of the MacArthur Study Bible, so generously given with the help of gospel partners. This will help me in my daily study of God's Word and will inform, instruct, inspire me in my walk with the Lord, as well as my service to the Lord in my family and my church ministries. How encouraging is that? By the way, if you're not plugged into the Masters Academy International, everything is about long-lasting impact. They train pastors in 18, 19 countries and many seminaries around the globe so that pastors can fill empty pulpits and preach. That makes a generational difference. You can learn more about the Masters Academy at wretched.org slash Bible, or if you prefer, wretched.org slash pastor. Attributes of God. God is merciful. While he does not permit evil to go unpunished, he withholds his justice for a time. Though God is storing up wrath for the day of judgment, every day we continue to live is evidence of God's mercy and another chance to repent and trust in Christ for salvation. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Two words back off. 
Jimmy. Just three words. Whatever. Back off. <laughs> this is Wretched Radio bringing you the latest celebrity info entertainment news. And to make a Christian, we'll play some Bethel music and we'll all get in the mood. You know, like most Christian morning programs, talk about gossip and Hollywood. Rarely talk about Jesus, but play a Hillsong song and call it Christian Radio. Jimmy, I'm afraid you're going to have to back off. Why? You wanted to play the Lou Priolo stuff oh, yeah, on yeah. pornography. Mm-hmm. And I said, we've talked about pornography so much, but, but not, you said... Not like this. It's so helpful, you think. It, it is. Not going to do it because you prepared too much and I can't smash it into a segment. We'll just have to do it another day. I'm so, sorry. Jimmy, back off temporarily we will share it because it's not just about pornography it's not just about pornography for men it is not just about pornography and women but it's about pornography women self-image and you will hear Lou Priolo weave those together into a tapestry that should cause you if you are a man to hate pornography and if you are a woman to not feel rotten because your husband is sinning by consuming those raunchy images. We'll have to do that another day. But in the meantime, Jimmy, we're going to tackle celebrity info. Well, you got the point. Daily Wire has a brand new movie. Can't tell you the title. Seems like it's a double entendre. It's vulgar is what it is. And that 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 has no part in the Christian life. You'll choose to watch this or not. But I saw the trailer and I saw enough kind of jokes that I'm not interested. Besides, I get the point. They're satirizing transgenderism, specifically women in sports, how this makes real women, actual women. It degrades their status in society. It is it is it is sarcasm. It is not it isn't. It isn't like a serrated edge. This is like chainsaw. It is. <laughs> and I got to tell you, I love me some sarcasm. And I don't want to sound all, well, you know, Russell Morey, believe me. But I, I just wonder, um, I wonder, okay, do you remember Gavin Newsom in the debate with Ron DeSantis? Well, you, you 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 can watch it online. By the way, we did a video and we got our wrists slapped. We actually played little snippets on a YouTube video of Ron DeSantis and, and Governor Newsom talking about the abortion issue. And YouTube said, mm, you violated our community standards. What? It was a presidential debate. This was talked about on national TV. These clips have been shown everywhere. But what do you know? In an effort... To salvage free speech and democracy, they're stifling free speech. Well, they think that they're being taking the moral high ground. Make sure there's no disinformation or nobody feels bad hearing about a subject. Uh, here's another subject, by the way. I don't know if you realize this. They cannot be talked about on YouTube. At least, well, if, you, if you do it, it's got to be done super cleverly. Otherwise, you'll get demonetized or just they just shadow, they just ban it nobody sees it is is the issue of suicide 
They want nothing to do with it. And don't ever mention the name of Adolf Hitler. You will be out of there too sweet. Just ask us. <laughs> and so we played these clips. And the one that we didn't share, Governor Newsom said something that at least stopped and caused me to think, no, I didn't just become a socialist like him. I just tell it, it, it caused me to think. And do I, by the way, do I think that he was accurate? when he slung this at Governor DeSantis? No, but just the same as a Christian. I want to be wise as serpents, gentle as doves. In other words, I want to think we, we can even be wily, never duplicitous, deceptive, but we need to be gentle as doves. And, and, and Governor Newsom said something, like, where's your compassion, Ron, when you talk about these people? And I thought... Hmm. Is that a fair critique? The entire evangelical community, just of me. If a transgender person, somebody who's confused about these issues, heard us talking about it, would they hear we love them? This this is this it this there's a there's a very much of an in-house theological issue. Talk about the role of women and defend what the Bible says about it. And you can come across to women sounding uh, misogynistic, right or wrong or indifferent. That's just the way it sounds. Because we're trying to defend the truth, but the one about whom we're having the conversation hears it like, are you mad at me? Don't you like me? And, and I wonder that, too, about, about transgender people. What would about a Christian organization that did a satirical piece on them? Would it help them? Remember, if we do believe, and, and we do, th this is a darkened mind. This is a troubled soul who needs help. How can I, perhaps how can you, talk about this issue without sounding graceless? I'm pretty certain Daily Wire didn't consider that because it sure looks like they missed the mark. More celebrity news. Hey, Perry Noble, you say, wait a second. Perry Noble isn't a celebrity. He's a pastor. No, he's not. He is indeed disqualified. But that doesn't stop people these days when you have Stephen Furtick saying, my good friend Perry Noble should be back in the pulpit. And so it is. Perry Noble's back in the pulpit, despite the fact, <laughs> as he said, quote, Alcohol abuse and other unfortunate choices and decisions because Stephen Furtick said, hey, you're good to go, even though he divorced his wife. Hmm. And, then, and then paints himself, by the way, to be the sympathetic character. I was a hypocrite. I preached, you can't do life alone. And then I went out and lived the opposite. I chose isolation over community. Isolation is where self-doubt dominated my emotions, causing me to believe I could just not carry the weight anymore. And alcohol was necessary for me to make it through the day I hated myself. Oh, well, okay. So much of a confession of sinning and falling and repentance. Why do I bring him up? Well, he's back in the pulpit. It's called Second Chance Church. It's in Andersonville, North Carolina, South Carolina. And he's now opening up a franchise in lovely Gainesville. Oof. That stuff sells because he is kind of a celebrity dude and people go to see the show. By the way, Jimmy, 
You'll be very excited to hear this. What? Guess who's moving from Gainesville, Georgia, to Alpharetta, Georgia? Oh, who? That would be Jensen Franklin. Oh. Open up shop here hmm. in our in our little town where we're opening up Alpharetta Bible Church. Not because he's opening up his church, <laughs> but just because we actually are excited about that. December 24th, 1030, 10, 1030. Just come in the morning and five o'clock in the afternoon, we will be doing our first services at Alpharetta Bible Church. Little different than Jensen Bree Chapel. It's prosperity business. Back to our celebrity news. Rob Schneider said that he turned Roman Catholic. And actually, it sounds like he did. Listen carefully for the Roman Catholic theology woven in his explanation of what Christianity is all about. Quote, I think if you get to the core of Christianity, okay, stop. What would you say? I would say it's Christ. (laughs) That's the core of our faith. It's not all the doctrine. It's Jesus. It's an actual person. It's God himself, God in flesh, Jesus Christ. That's the core of Christianity. But if you had to put a theology in there, it would be the gospel. Forgiveness of sins, justification, being made righteous, adopted into God's family. Rob Schneider, it's about love. That's it, love. Now listen to his definition of love. This is very Roman Catholic because in order to inherit eternal life as a Roman Catholic, you have to do works of Love, and it sounds so, you know, loving, but it's law. Quote, love your neighbor, law. Love your enemy, law. Love your neighbor as thyself, law. It's a beautiful way to go through life. No, it is a burdensome way to go through life because you can't do it. You can't love enough. You can't give enough. You can't do enough. Jesus did. You get credit. Now live that out with his power and with his strength Christ living in you. So it sounds like Rob Schneider really did become a Catholic. By the way, Pope Francis asking theologians at a meeting to demasculinize the church. Oh. And at St. Mary's College in Notre Dame, that's in Indiana, the all-female Catholic college now going to admit men who identify as women. (laughs) Please. Let us know how that works out for you. And one last note from Hollywood. Look out for Instagram, Mom and Dad. This was done by the Wall Street Journal. They did a bunch of fake Instagram accounts. Tons of sexual content. Like really bad stuff that your kid could be consuming courtesy of Instagram. Until tomorrow, go serve your king.